So yeah, this is what I meant. You have like one, two, three, four different backlinks to, to, yeah. to, different, to different ones. So youth media, um, we, we talked about it a little bit off camera. It's mostly focused around youth entrepreneurs. Why youth entrepreneurs? I'm a, I'm a young entrepreneur. I want to do this, but I don't know how or where to go exactly. There's not really a direction. At this stage, I feel like we're meant to just go to university, do a, do a degree that our parents would like us to do, um, engineering, medicine, things like that, uh, safe degrees, um, and just get a job and then move on with life, basically. That's success. I think there are people out there um, and things are changing again for youth. They, they want to do something else. They want to have challenges. They want to take risks. Um, they want to start their own business. Um, so. And you're there to make money on it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yes, and help them. Well, it has to go hand in hand. It no? has to. Uh, can you open Youth Wave? So, Maima, yeah. you, 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 the Youth Wave profile that I saw, it looks really colorful, and you can tell that there's some real talent behind it. Thank you. I'm trying to understand, if I'm like, I'm like, like I'm, I'm trying to go back, it's a little hard for me at my age now, I'm trying to think back as being a 14-year-old and opening this, like, profile, what would be, what would be the resources you'd be offering through it? Do you understand my question or not no. really? So if I'm 14, I'm looking at this profile, yeah. right? I mean, how is this helping me? How, wh where is it taking me? What's the next step onto oh, okay, it? Okay, okay. So most of, some of the times we post opportunities, like if you could, yeah, that one, like webinars or like sessions that are happening in Bahrain or in anywhere in the region. And we, oh, okay. we tag. So we, we share those kinds of opportunities for university students, uh, high school students and things like that. One of the programs that we actually partnered with as well is called Satoor, as you can see. Mm -hmm. um, and they're a social impact, uh, a social entrepreneurship program or competition. Um, so we got a lot of people to actually uh, participate um, just through posting and just through sharing our experiences. So initially the interviews like I did, we started off with uh, finalists and semi-finalists of the program and I was a finalist. I didn't get to make it to the top three, but I made it to top 20. Um, and I just kind of wanted to share that. I mean, like it was a great opportunity, it was a great experience. Uh, why not get more youth involved and participate? Okay. So yeah, we, we did that. We used this platform to kind of communicate with the youth. Okay. We did a lot of IG lives, um, so people would just join and like ask us questions and you know just really basic stuff, and uh, we get back to them really quickly. So, what are the kind of questions that you get a lot? Uh, related to competitions, for example, how do they sign up and like what? Okay. How would they like what would help them with their application process? Oh, okay. I kind of yeah. understand what the, how the portal functions. So, so yeah. it's a more of a direction directory where yeah. where you have like businesses. Who who want to do some some um, stakeholder involvement or initiatives, they would then out reach out to Youth Wave to to put together a program or competition or whatever, and then it would be through your basis where you, you would connect yeah, we to just the youth. Share that. So okay, yeah. okay. For so now, that's what we do. Sure. Okay. All right. And and what would be the future for this then? So the next step was. Like, first of all, we had conversations with a lot of young entrepreneurs just to kind of find their pain points as well. 
uh, what is so difficult about you know pursuing entrepreneurship right now at this stage? You know, cash. High school students. Yeah. <laughs> cash, but then there are there are p- ways to uh, to actually fund your businesses right now. Um, and so we decided to open up these conversations and then from there talk to the rest of the ecosystem, like whoever is involved, like how, what are the investors perspective on this? Um, what are they willing to fund uh, ID stage businesses? Are they willing to help, uh, these young entrepreneurs actually grow, um, and give them hope into actually starting their own business and making that successful? Or is it kind of like, oh, I have a dream today and it dies tomorrow. Mm. So um, that's kind of what we're, we're, we've been trying to understand with the youth market. And how do you separate the weak from the calf? How, how do you what? How do you separate the, we- uh, the weak from the calf? It's <laughs> a so saying it means like, how do you like separate the people who are not taking things seriously from an entrepreneurship? You know, the 17 year old who's waking up or 16 year old who's like, yeah, I want to be an entrepreneur. And then tomorrow says like. Get them to start working and then see how long that lasts. Okay, like what? Like with Andrew Tate, like write write a hundred emails up for a hundred days. No, well, what are we really. talking about? It's it's really about you know how they present their ideas, how they present themselves as well. Okay. Um, how how far are they willing to take this? Are they really do they want this to last, or is this just you can actually tell, um, how how far they've thought about, um, really pursuing this business idea, um, and then there are people that just go silent after a couple calls, and okay. then or people that like just before they want to do their pitch and they've been preparing for it they suddenly back out so do you think they they back out because they're 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 worried of becoming infamous no not really i think it's it's both of trying to you know maybe they're they're scared of not doing well there's that fear there's that anxiety which Um, i never understood yeah I totally get where you're coming from, right? But it's like it's like I'm so scared of failing, so might as well not start. That's it. <laughs> yeah, it's, I never understood like that mentality, but I get where you're coming from. Yeah, I mean, I think we all start there. I think we we all have that fear initially, and then there there are people that can easily overcome that fear. They'll do whatever it takes, and then there are people that take time with it, and they need they need a little push. So yeah, so that's pretty much. Um, and the f- future of, of, of Youth Wave is going to be, in, from what I understood from yeah. you, and correct me if I'm wrong, is going to be a portal, I imagine, like a web address, where there would be like free educational items. Well, I we, we, we're planning to create that kind of education. Okay, so we're, we're on the same page. So yeah. I kind of understand where, where, what, your, what Youth Wave Media is, is trying to become. That's yes, yeah. Youth Wave Media. Okay, so it's it's going to be like a portal more for, for free content, I imagine, or are you going to do behind paywall content? Both. You're going to do both, yeah, okay? Both. Because and I think there should be some free content out there. Sure. Just to get people to join. Because I, I know when I first started, I was more attracted to things that were free, <laughs> um, programs that were free to join and things like that. So I wanted to do the same. Okay. I like that. That's good business sense. Uh, you're, so you're creating a funnel. The funnel is obviously the free content. And then w- what do you feel, what would separate the free content and the paid content? So that's where we kind of work with the, the people that really want to pursue their businesses. So they get, we help them with pitching. We, ha- we kind of create this mentorship. Oh, uh, yeah. okay, okay. I kind of yeah. understand what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, so we kind of give them that direction um, and then act as a bridge between investors and startups as well and then we we make those connections happen basically i know it's not the same business model as yours but i i know somebody who does a similar business model but around students Mm. where 
their parents paid like I want to say five to ten thousand PD mm-hmm. to help get them into like Oxford or, or Cambridge or Princeton University, like Ivy League schools. And so what the process would be is that you know you you you'd make that payment, and then they would sit with the child. They would they would go over their exams, go over their interview letter, go over their their process of of how the interview should be conducted in person. And then from the back end, they have those connections with those universities so they can put those clients more favorably. Mm. They can't guarantee that your student, that your child is going to enter into Ivy League, but they, they, can, they can massage the, them in, basically. So it sounds almost similar to a business yeah. model of, of sorts. It does kind of. I mean, from what I'm getting, is, is putting the young entrepreneurs in, in the front. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, I like it. I like it. And w- how many seats do you think you're going to be able to 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 have per year? You mean how many people can I? Okay. Ha- because I can't. Like, if you have a hundred thousand people sign up, you're not going to be able no, to work exactly. with a hundred thousand people. <laughs> exactly. No, I think uh, we're going to start small. Let's say twenty, thirty. Per year. Yeah. For now. Okay. Um, but then again, we're we're trying to do a program with uh, a renowned institute. Okay. I'm not going to mention right now because it's not it's not really confirmed yet. But okay. um, hopefully that will also get more students involved, and and that would be more of a global thing instead of just the region focused. So. So by the way, yeah. the the way our content is set up is that uh, after the after the the recording we edit, then you get the footage. Anything you like or dislike, you can let us know, and we'll take that part out. Yeah. So that way we can have like a very easy to go conversation. Okay. Right. Good. <laughs> Yeah, th- yeah, I can see you're <laughs> you're more relaxed. Okay, yeah. great. Um, so, Youth Wave Media, um, and what would be the buy-in for the for for those twenty lucky people, thirty lucky people? What would be the what? The buy-in. What would be the price in your head? We want to make it affordable, but mm-hmm. also, you know, maybe do like a monthly. Oh, subscription. Okay. Yeah, something like that. Okay, instead of an upfront cost. Okay. Yeah. So monthly subscription is really what we're thinking but if we're going to go ahead with like the global if you only do 20 people and you're working with them like like physically yeah or on call then i think a subscription model is going to be difficult to justify unless you're charging like 500 bd a month or something like that yeah i think it's because we're also planning to offer other things other services yeah sure sure maybe open our own building our own hub space as well but this would you this would that probably would be in the UAE though, right? Yeah. Okay. Likely. Depends on where it will work. <laughs> but yeah. Well, I don't know. I think Saudi would be interested in something like this. Yeah. UAE would definitely be interested in something like this. Bahrain would be interested in something yeah. like this. Yeah, Bahrain too. Uh, I, j- I don't I, I I don't know who you're targeting whether for locals or expats. Both. Locals and expats. I I think with with if you're talking about giving government money Locals would have to be your priority. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's just—I mean, it, it's just common sense, right? Governance yeah. always worries about its 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 uh, its its citizens, and that—that's fine and dandy. I—I I wouldn't know the process of of how. T- I mean, the good thing about expats is that they already have a foundation in English, which you don't usually get a lot with the locals. Do you get right? Yeah. And so m- I'm assuming your program, w- how you're going to build up, is going to be what in English, no? English mostly, yeah. Exactly. Right. And it, well, it does make sense if if you can get governance on it, because that way w- you can help those entrepreneurs with their CRs, 
their licensing and all kinds of stuff like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. You, you haven't thought about this. <laughs> no, I have. I mean, I'm okay. still thinking about ways to make that work. Um, it's new because, first of all, I'm, I'm really young. I don't have that much experience compared to people who have been in the industry and already know what to do. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of things I need to do first and a lot of people I need to ask questions and, and things like that. So it's kind of uh, for me to kind of figure out for the next uh, year or so before we actually launch um, whatever we're planning to do. So if, if, if you're not planning on launching in for another 12 months, I, w I would say what would be a really good start is, is to build as much momentum and goodwill, right, during those 12 months. You know, e either go to, like, local schools and get, like, op pieces or earned media where you're talking to like newspapers and you're talking to like uh, reporters and local TV stations and, and try to get pieces on like like either students that are doing interesting stuff and just making sure that your, your brand is also associated with it in a positive light. Right? Mm. That's gonna earn you a lot, a lot of good media, a lot of good reputation, which you can then flex on to do, uh, to do more financial yeah, well. Yeah. Let's put it that way. For sure. Again, I mean, with 20 seats, with your subscription model, I, I, I wouldn't know how, how I would price it. It's, it's, it's hard because you, it's, it's not easy asking a 14-year-old for 500 BD, right? That's a, yeah. that's a high, that's a high <laughs> ask, right? And then, y y y you know, bills have to be paid. So, so you, you would either have to get VC money to, to keep it moving. Um, or what could be an interesting concept is is to get uh, ownership, right? As as a defer payment, and uh, you guys take on like twenty percent of the company assets, for example. Mm. Okay. That would have to you'd have to like sort that out with the VC. Most VCs really, you know, stage one investment and stuff like that is usually you know friends and family, mm. seed fund seed funding. Yeah. Um, only when you go like beta, when you go like B, B investing, C, B, C, B, B round investment, C round investment, and so forth. It's only when you start being able to show that you can generate a profit, mm. are VCs then more likely to take you seriously mm. and, and, and right. put some real weight behind it, right? Yeah, that is right, actually. So I think. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for agreeing. <laughs> No, I think, um, again, Youth Wave Mina's model is kind of new, um, and we're still playing around here and there, what works, what doesn't, um, figuring it out. Um, again, it's it's a thing about... Uh, oh, sorry, I just saw him <laughs> snapping his fingers. That's why I was wondering. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, that was weird. Okay. <laughs> you heard it too, no? Yeah, I did. Uh, that's why I... <laughs> okay, yeah, so it wasn't just me. Okay. Yeah, so, so, um, so um, sorry, we were just interrupted just then. Youth Wave Media, go on. I forgot. <laughs> I'm okay. kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, okay, so, I know. go on. Um, uh, we were just talking about uh, getting investors and VCs. We were talking about how you're going to structure that, that payables. Yeah. Right, the finances behind yeah. it. And then I was also interested in asking you what your perfect vision would be and how do you see it operating on a day-to-day -day basis? Right, I think the first thing we need to achieve is like is as a fact that young entrepreneurs are really like they have proven some kind of success. 
from the people that I spoke to as well, um, including investors, they have this perception of young entrepreneurs being lazy, unproductive. Um, they give up fast. They fail, but they give up, and they don't want to learn. But that's, I, I personally think that's not true at all. Um, and there needs to be some kind of model, a role model to show that. Um, so I've kind of taken that role with Youth Wave Mina as well um, to show that, you know, even if you fail, you can actually go on learn and, and things like that. Um, and taking risks is not something that we should fully be afraid of. It's, mm. it's more of an opportunity. Mm. So, yeah, those in those ways. Um, and yeah. Okay, but when you're talking about risk, are you're talking from the perspective of the investor, perspective from the the entrepreneur who's wanting to start, or are you talking the about an extended family maybe? An entrepreneur that's start about to start a business, for example. Okay. I think at this age, again, like I told you, um, we're taught to have like to go to university and do a degree, and then you know that's success, and sure. then you know start a family later on, things like that. Sure, I'm with you. Yeah, but uh, I mean, obviously, there are people that like that and people that want to go with that, um, and then there are people that don't, or people that want to try to, but they're like, what if it's not for me? You know, what if it's not wor gonna work out? How do I know whether I'm ready to start this? Whether I'm supposed to put in time for this and things like that no I, I agree with you um, the way I see the the global economy shifting uh, the labor force where it was used to be tied to large industries is sort of dissipating and it's, it's zero contract employees in the West is incredibly common you know uber drivers for example are self-employed uh, delivery drivers who deliver food all self-employed um, and, and that's that kind of like work culture is becoming very, very popular for businesses. And it has its advantages, it has its disadvantages, obviously. Uh, there, there, there are a lot of people from the youth perspective who think like, oh, you know what, why should I work for someone if I can just work for myself, right? Mm. And that way I'll be like Mr. Big. I don't think a lot of them really realize is that you you work an 80-hour week, so you don't have to work a 40-hour week. Does that make sense? Can you explain? So so, <laughs> you 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 work 80 hours, so you don't have to work 40. In the sense that you work the 80 because it's your own business. That becomes your life. Yeah. Right. If when you start a business, it's a child. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And 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 so you. You have to be really willing to, to be eating. To, uh, Steve Jobs said it very nicely. He said, uh, r running a business is great. It f it's just like eating glass. So if you, can, if you can live with that, and you can live with giving up your weekends, and you can live with giving up your social life, and you can live with, hey, you know what? I don't have any security. You know, when there's, there's no redundancy package. Then that's great. But it's, it's not like as, as like, it's not as easy of, of, of just being like, oh, you know what, I'll just start. And well, I say that. <laughs> I know a lot of people who do exactly that as well. <laughs> so I know a guy, I'm not going to say his name. Um, he's very nefarious. He knows how to, to very easily generate capital mm. because he's a fraudster. And one of the what? things, <laughs> a fraudster. Okay. One of the things he would do, and I was, he always talks to him, and he always, he's always, he has, his bank account is always at zero. And then the next day, it's always like in the thousands. 
And I talked to Mohannes and I said, so what's your, new, what's your new scheme that you're doing? And he said, listen, Hamad, I'm, uh, I'm doing crypto. And I went, oh God. <laughs> I said, go on. He said, I went on Instagram, bought a bunch of fake followers, posted some complete BS on, on crypto trading. And then he started messaging random accounts under hashtag crypto. And s he messaged, I think, like 100 people a day or something like that. Just saying to them, hey, you know what? Send me over PayPal $50 and I'll give you my training course on how to do crypto. And so in a day, I think he made like about two to three K. Uh, but okay. of course, there was no training plan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I do get like DMs kind of like that. Um, and I delete them because I... <laughs> You're, you're, you're one of the smart ones. I don't doubt it. But there's plenty of other people who are like, oh, you know what? It's, it's like 50, whatever. If this is, gives me the training course and this guy's got like 100,000 followers, he must be real. <laughs> yeah, there, there are a lot of accounts that have like a lot, a huge following and then they just never respond after, you know, you give them whatever. But They're very nefarious yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, I was interested in crypto once and I was like, okay, let me sign up for something. So just to learn about it, I guess. Um, and then well, I saw well. this website it was like an ad all over YouTube um, and everywhere, really. And I'm like, OK, maybe this is a sign that I should go for it. Um, then I put up I put up my number, I put up my email and things like that. And they said they'd contact me with the details. And then I, I get the phone call and the guy's talking about how the training's going to be good and things like that. Um, but doesn't really say much that I feel immediately, oh, this is going to benefit me. Um, this looks legit. <laughs> um, and so he just ends with, uh, so this is the X amount you have to pay, blah, 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 and get started. And I was like, okay. And the phone call was really weird. So, and it was like was 20 it like minutes. Weird, weirdly, a lot of pressure. Yeah. Yeah. It was, you could feel like he was trying to sell it to me. Um, but if the first two minutes don't go well I, of a phone call, I kind of, I'm already, I've already made up my mind. I'm like, no. But it went on for 15 minutes, and I tried hanging up on this guy. You're just being polite. I, I am. I'm like, I have to go. Um, no, he wouldn't end. And then I, I finally said, okay, follow up with by email or whatever. And he never followed up by email, but he kept calling me. Well, exactly. He's got and your direct nine, of course. Yeah, so I never answered again after that phone call. And block. that block. Yeah, just block. Every, every other week from, from Lou, I hear from him a crazy other like brain scheme of get rich quick. Last time he was telling me about drop shipping and how that's going to be like the new. <laughs> I was going to make like tons of cash on that. And I was like, Lou, you're going to fucking end up broke. <laughs> Shout it again what you were showing me. Yeah. <laughs> so so he's, he's always got one of those like weird brain schemes. You're going to go into debt. Um, but yeah, so I, I like the idea of, of new wave of new. Oh, sorry, youth wave. Mina. Mina. Yes. I like the concept behind it. I I don't know the practicality of it. I don't know how you would work it as an international piece. Mm -hmm. Mainly because I I I wouldn't know how you'd do the sale. I think something that could work from from it, other than of course the competitions and stuff. But that would have to be local. Yeah. Like, how would you do like a, like a how would you do an entrepreneurial co co uh, competition in the U.S. 
No, we haven't done that yet. But that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. how, how would you, like, how would you do one in the U.S. or so it's not in Hungary? So, or like, the thing that I mentioned about being world, like, global is not a competition. It's more of a program. Um, and to partner with, like, an educational institute. So, like, a university that's well-renowned. Um, and to get, to have this program be in a way. Um, and so, it's an innovation program. I get you. I so totally get you. Yeah, okay. So, um, kind of create that program, maybe, like, a f six-week, eight-week program. And then... Uh, have them pay, and then we get graduates from that program to go to the university as well. Which I find fascinating because your your own statement prior was n not every youth wants to go and do university, and now you're creating a program centered around youths who are in university. Wait, what? I'm not telling people to quit university or things no, like that. No, because you you said you you yourself just said it said it a few minutes ago. You said, oh, you know what? There's a lot of got, there's a lot of people in their 14, 15 year olds. Who don't want to go to university, who want to be entrepreneurs, who want to be, you know, go that, down that lifestyle. And then you're telling me about your youth wave uh, program is going to be aimed at people in university. Wait, Do you understand no. what, where, where, the, yeah. the, where the. Okay, so wait, wait, wait. Let me, let, me, let me just rephrase maybe. Um, sure. So the, the program that I just mentioned about, it's to partner with the university to kind of have that angle where universities actually care about entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. They actually want to invest in them and provide them with the best kind of education to give them that place to to also grow um, like from the early stage of their you know entrepreneurship journey um, so that's kind of what I meant uh, with regards to the thing that you mentioned about not going to universities I mean I, I meant I mean at the end of the day entrepreneurs should go to universities too <laughs> I mean, it's a choice. Okay. It's a choice, but okay. I, I personally think we should okay. um, get that is, education. Is that, is that like it's to secure so that so when you when you're applying for universities, <laughs> they're not going to be like, oh, you told people not to go to university. Is no, I never said not to go. Okay. I meant to have education anyway. I, mean, I you will can't. say not to go. Okay, <laughs> why? I don't think it does any benefit for you unless you're doing a serious degree. I don't think that you, you, you don't need to go to university if you want to work in media. Full stop. Full stop. Okay. Yeah. That unless you want to teach it, there's yeah. no reason whatsoever. Yeah. Um, if if you if you want to be an entrepreneur or business, I would tell you forget university. Go work a sales job. Go work for a car dealership. Go work for anything like that that teaches you how to sell. Yeah. And that's going to be a lot more beneficial for than anything else. University should only go to from a business perspective if you're either doing accountancy, mm. right? And even then, you don't need to go to a university for accountancy. You can do just an accountancy degree, which is like six months, mm. right? Yeah. So I don't. There's no real purpose for university in my mind when it comes when it comes to to businesses, math, science, physics, medicine, of course. I agree to that to some extent, but I don't want to be the one to say Say it, <laughs> yeah, so so you're not going to get all those gigs. But I think yeah. you should aim for high schools. Yeah. No, I mean, that's that's what we're doing right now. <coughs> we're starting with high school students, but eventually these students also want to get into university. I mean, still, especially in the region, parents are uh, really care about that. Um, they, don't, they don't see them go a different path. Yeah, I agree with you, except I would put an asterisk to this. Because okay. whatever happens in the West usually happens five years later. Mm -hmm. in the Middle East, right? Yeah. I think it comes like a wave at us. And right now you, you're seeing in the, in the West people dropping out of, um, blue, of white collar jobs. Mm -hmm. People are rejoining blue collar jobs. Uh, plumbers in the UK earn about 120K 
-hmm. right? That's about 60,000 BD for a plumber. An office worker who went to university is lucky if he's making 40K, which is about 20,000 BD. Right, and so mm -hmm. it's 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 very hard to like to like convince like the youth now in the UK, especially uh, especially men are dropping out of universities quicker than women, mm. and most of them are, are working like getting like back into blue collar jobs. You know, they're going back to training schools. They're doing plumbing, electricians, uh, welding, for example. You know that a welder for like a, an oil rig yeah. earns about two hundred and fifty thousand BD. What? That's about a half a million dollars. Wow. It's not an easy job. You, it's, you get four weeks on and yeah. six weeks off. Right? Yeah. Even in Saudi, welders for factories and stuff like that are paid really, really good money. Even mm -hmm. in Saudi. Even expats in Saudi to, to get like a welder, yeah. especially if it's like a, a specialized welder for, for a specific industry, um, they, they get paid, they get paid over a hundred thousand dollars. That's fifty thousand BD. Whoa. Right, and so that puts things in perspective, right? Mm, yeah. And so there's a lot of, lot, a lot of, a lot, a lot of kids. Well, I don't want to say kids, but a lot of like teenagers who are waking up and being like, "Hey, you know what? I don't want to earn, you know, five hundred BD for an office job, and I'd rather, you know, go and become an electrician and earn t ten times that amount." <laughs> Of course, that's not happening right now in this region because you've got a lot of expat laborers that come from, from outside. Mm. But I think for even the local labor force, is that's changing like how, how Bahrainization mm. has happened across now this country, including the airports, for example, right mm. now. Yeah. And that's just going to shift and it's going to just be like a, 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 a domino effect. Yeah. So, so I would tell you, if, if I was in your position with, with your... Youth wave. I would I would go with targeting high schoolers, and I would then interview or get people to come for speaks who who work alternative careers, like the welders, yeah, yeah. Uh, like like maybe people who 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 started businesses while being like 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 a like a like a street car cleaner guy, for example. Yeah. And then and then suddenly started his own like like car shop, for example, yeah, yeah. that, I, you. Yeah. I think that, that has a lot more reach and impact. And I think that will connect a lot better than some dude who, who works in a financial institution and then like, yo, yo, <laughs> let me tell you about banking. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a 15 year old. You know, I, I kind of, I think I read an article the other, other day that said, um, 40 year olds that have been working. Why do you say that in such a weird way? I'm okay. Sorry. <laughs> okay. How did I say that? Okay, because you said 40-year-olds with a question, but go on. Okay. So these 40-year-olds, yeah. yeah. So they have been working. They have, you know, professional experience. They've done the traditional going to university, they get a job and things like that. Have a higher rate of success as an entrepreneur than uh, younger entrepreneurs, basically, mm -hmm. that did wild things, according to the article. Okay. Um, so how, how do you feel about that? Okay. Oh, no. Can I understand the context of, of what you're saying? So you're saying that a 40-year-old has a better chance of being uh, successful? Yeah, with the, with the startup, because they have, like, all of the experience from working in the industry. Well, I don't know if I would agree with that. Um, Mark, um, 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 Mark Yovelian, um not Mark Yovelian, what was his name? Um, can you look up Mark Yovelian? What was his first name, Dan? It was Dante, no? 
Machiavellian. If the book is, it's called the book is called The Prince. Just type in the book Prince. Uh, Niccolo, what is it? Niccolo Machiavellian? I thought it was Dante. All right, and so he, in his book, um, yeah. it was written in the 14th century, and I quote, Lady, Lady Luck favors the bold and the young. And I think there's truth to that, right? I don't think a 40-year-old will, will, will have the disposition and freedom and necessary risk-taking ability to be successful as much as an 18-year-old would. Right, because a fourteen-year-old, a forty-year-old will probably have responsibilities, either commitments with his family. An eighteen-year-old, you know, like there's no, there's nothing, right? Yeah. So, so especially if his parents are still working, yeah. then there's absolutely zero responsibility they have except for their own lives. So, I, I, w I would, I would, I'm not sure if I would agree with that statement. I think that eighteen-year-old has a hell of a lot more chance of being successful. Most people fail because they're so worried of of failing that they yeah. never start, right? Yeah. We had that a second ago. Yeah, exactly. No, but I'm interested in, in, I'm really interested in your youth wave and I'm really, really looking forward to seeing where, where you're going to be there in next year. Thank you. I hope we, we do great things by then and we can oh, have sure. another conversation as well. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I would love to, to, to do a follow-up at some point, maybe in six months or so, and then just see w where, where, where youth wave is in your mind and where do you, where are you tackling? Where are you putting energy on, right? Yeah. And so you, there's another couple of links, right? Can you, can we bring it up, Dan? I don't even. Oh, so th this is the charity. This is the foundation, yeah. Okay, so tell me about the charity foundation. How, why are you doing so many things? I want to do so many things. Why are you doing so many things at the same time? Because I don't know, it feeds whatever I want to do. Like, it relates. You're indecisive. To me. No, I'm not indecisive. I mean, everything has a reason. I feel like why I started them. So, Youth Wave Mina was the first, um, and now this is because I felt something. I had a responsibility now. I had to do something. Sure. Um, we talked about this off camera. Do you want to talk about it on camera or not? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm okay, okay so with you, it. you you so off camera we mentioned. Um, you you were assaulted in the back of a van, obviously. Car, yeah. Yeah, a car. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, would you like to share your story? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't mean <laughs> it's, it's not my story to share. Okay, so um, do I start over? Sure. Okay. All right. So it was just back going back home from an interview, mm -hmm. and uh, it was the driver that usually takes me home, like you know drives me to places when I have work and I have to get to places. So it's, it was somebody I trusted and my family trusted too. And But the only unusual thing about that day was my dad didn't come with me because he had something else to do. And I had to go. I had to really go. So um, the first ride to the place of the interview was fine. And then going back home was a really weird thing. He stopped by to get grocery apparently and then he parked the car somewhere really far and somewhere that was where no one was really around and there were no cameras um and when i got back into the car and noticed like oh it's dark here suddenly you know like things this is weird i don't know what's gonna happen i'm like oh he's just gonna go in the front seat and just drive me home and then he gets into the back seat 
uh, and he's physically very close. Uh, he didn't touch me anywhere inappropriately, but he was very close and he seemed like he was going to if I didn't act fast. Mm. So to create some kind of excuse to get out of that back seat, because he was holding the door too, like so I couldn't get out and he was literally holding me in place. I had to create some kind of urgency in the situation so that he actually gets out of the back seat. And mm. the way I did that was to tell him that um, I have to go back to do the interview. Like they have a couple more questions. I'm going to get the job right now and I, I have to go. Um, because it was so important to me and he knew that it was a priority as well. Um, he actually did leave the back seat mm. um, and he got he drove me totally fine. The scary part was to kind of like admit to you you were harassed. No. Okay. To be calm and still in that situation, to not cry or scream for help because sure you, you just want to get to a place of safety. I feel um, so it was really hard for me, and I actually was able to you know get do to the place and then ask somebody to take me back home. Somebody that I actually trusted as well. Um, and I, I, I did get home safely. But that, that moment of just controlling whatever you feel, you know, all of that fear and all of that confusion um, in order to just protect yourself is very scary. Because I did not expect that to happen. Mm. Um, and I really dislike the fact that he, he said things like, oh, you're just like my daughter, you know, um, it's creepy. It's very creepy. It's very creepy. Um, but yes, that, that happened. And um, before this experience, um, I don't know if I want to tell the story right now, but I feel like I have to. I feel like I want to as well. Um, you can always edit in post. Okay. All right. So, again, with working really early, I've kind of become the target for... I don't know, some bad people out there okay. that are in certain positions of power. Okay. Let's say. Um, like quick like quick pro quo kind of situations we're talking about? Okay. <laughs> what? No, I just heard a snack of noise, <laughs> that's why. Okay. Um, all right. How do I how do I tell this? Um, I was I think fifteen, sixteen at the time and I was just started with, you know, my career and things like that and there comes a person into my life um and he he builds this trust with me oh a groomer yeah okay yeah so i feel like three because it did go on for like a couple of years so three years of my life have been robbed because it was a very toxic relationship and it would make me sometimes feel confused and wonder oh how why am i letting this happen to myself right mm. why am i not asking for help why am i not saying anything but again at the same time it was very on and off and it was very unsteady and it would even question it, it would make me question my own sanity sometimes mm. as well it was very manipulative mm. so at that age and then all the way up to you know the time where it ended, I learned a lot. Mm. And the number one thing I felt like I learned was 
next time prioritize myself over somebody else and protect me first before I think about anybody else because the situation was like he would usually say things like oh his mental health was bad or he would make up excuses just to be in my life and he would use all kinds of excuses and all kinds of ways to stay um, so it was very hard to kind of get out of but eventually I did you know I, I did get help as well I reached out to my parents and I told them about this and it was okay but the way that it ended was also very explosive and dramatic and those were actually some of some of the words that he would use um, and I think overall I'd call it emotional abuse it wasn't anything physical thankfully but emotional abuse was was what it was so yeah um, and it crushed my idea of the world and people in general okay so <laughs> there's that okay. and those were two of the main reasons why I started the foundation. I uh, felt like... So you were a double victim. Yeah, because it happened, like, almost the same time. Like, I just got out of that very toxic place, and I'm like, I'm okay now, I'm strong. I've built myself back up. And then that happens with the physical assault as well. So mm. I'm like... So you can, f you can imagine, like, my world was just shaking a lot at the time, and I was like what am I going to do? How am I going to get out of this? I felt like the longer I kept just thinking and like doing nothing about it and just crying and you know, things like that, it wouldn't result in anything else, but just more pain. And I would be hurting myself even more. And hindsight so 2020 now going through these experiences. Yeah. How do you feel about them now? I feel like everything was happened for a reason mm. and I wouldn't be where I am today and how I would think of myself as well changed a lot. Um, so do you feel like so you, it's, it's, uh, it's you had to go through those experiences in order to start that charity? Do you get what I mean? Or do you think it, do you think it was like a preordained plan in that sense? What do you mean preordained? I mean, I, I did start the charity because, because of those Because of the events that you experienced, right? Yeah, because right? of the events. So that was kind of my way of where I can put channel all of my emotions into put that into pr something productive as well mm. and help those that are actually going through it mm. uh, and with grooming it's it's very difficult because you never know who it's happening to and what it's like uh, for me uh, to be honest with you i was always aware of you know that but because it was somebody in the position of power somebody that was well trusted by the community it was also very difficult for me yeah, to differentiate it's always a family member yeah so it was it was very difficult for me to kind of differentiate um whether this person had some kind of ulterior motive or not mm. so yeah that just shook me completely and my view in the world and people is different but okay i still have hope in in the world and okay. uh, hopefully this initiative as well will kind of be like a storytelling platform where people can actually share their stories and and talk about this more. I feel like it shouldn't be a closed topic. It shouldn't be taboo at all. Mm. Um, and you need to get help. And when you do need to get help, it's, it's supposed to be easy. It's supposed mm. to be easier to do so. So yeah, that's uh, pretty much the why. I started the foundation. No, I'm 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 very impressed. I'm very happy for you that that you that you managed to channel it into something positive and not just, you know, went down the deep end. A lot of people do. Uh, one in six women, 
in the West at least, are 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 uh, attacked or 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 go through some sort of grooming process or sexual harassment. Yeah. So it is a ver- it is a very common. Sadly, it is very common. It's more in the Western world than than in Asia and the Middle East, mm-hmm. mainly because in our cultures we tend to s- segment men and women separately in separate communities until the late 2000s. Uh, Saudi Arabia, for example, didn't allow schooling to have men and women, right, as mixed sex. So th- there is there there is there is that appeal, and it's only been 40 years that men and women have ever have have been able to work in the same workplace, right? And so I'm not trying to defend any of that, mm, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just giving an explanation yeah. on, on, on why these things happen at a, at a global scale, why I, why I think these things happen. Yeah. Um, it just sucks. It does. It does suck. Hmm. But I don't know. I feel like there's been a lot of growth. There's been a lot of development with time as well for me personally, a lot of lessons. Um, usually, and I heard this from a friend. Um, okay. She so told me that let's usually. Let's see how factually that is. Let's <laughs> go on. Okay, so she said, usually people experience these traumatic events or whatever, um, lessons of life slowly, mm-hmm. and it all just hit me at once. Um, so I, she said, maybe it just prepares me for a more steady future sure. where things are better. Sure. Than now, so I'm just gonna experience all the bad for for a good future. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds. I can't believe I'm making this jump, but that reminds me of Homer Simpson, where Bart says, um, "This is the worst worst day of my life," and Homer co- pops out and says, "The worst uh, worst day of your life so far." <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, yeah, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it it's it sucks. It sucks. And in our in the in the Middle Eastern community is is a little bit worse than in in a sense than the Western community in a sense that we don't talk about these issues, right? You know that's usually buried, and then that's halas. You know, <coughs> you just stop seeing that cousin or that uncle. That's that's how that usually happens. Um, yeah, sucks. It a- does. And what do you want to do with the charity? How? What stage are we at? Where are you heading with it? So we've just launched, and by just launched, I mean just this month. Um, so we're going to just put out content for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've just created the core team as well, um, put together a bunch of content creators that have you know similar stories and, and really just the same passion as me. And what what is the point to where to bring awareness or is to bring awareness mostly for now? Yeah. Okay. So the point isn't like to offer therapy or support. Yeah, but we can only do that through with a partner. So that's what we're trying to figure out as well right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And also to have like mental health education. There's uh, there's a lot of stigma around that in in the region in the Arab region. So um, we're trying to put an end to that as well Mm. because I think um, like with the whole story that I just told you. Um, it had a lot of, it Thank had affected me a lot. It, oh, of course. I, I don't want to keep it a secret. I don't want to keep it shut, like shut inside me because I feel the need to share. What if somebody else is going through the same? Mm. Um, they just don't know when or, you know, what to do. Mm. So to be able to share my story, hopefully could get other people to leave that toxic relationship or to just get out of the, 
the mess they're in and to help to save themselves basically mm. so yeah that's uh that's that that's very brave of you and i th- i think it's commendable what you're doing and you know uh, I, I think you're you're an active force of good in that sense i don't know what else i can say thank you <laughs> i'm like in these kind of situations i tend to joke around because i i, I don't know how else to react <laughs> to these right. th- these situations <laughs> So we, we now to go from, from sexual assault, can we look at what other businesses <laughs> we do? Like I told yeah, you, I don't you know could, how to, to handle it. Yeah, it's fine. We'll Let's go back go. to the sexual assault uh, uh, foundation. So why is it called Kowav Q- Foundation? Sorry, Kua? Yeah, Kua. Oh, for power. Yes, or strength. Of course. Okay. Yeah, so that's why it's called that, because of what it means. And so you've how long has this page been up and running now? Uh, just recently. Okay, just because recently. I'm uh, because y- you have no five posts. followers yeah. and zero posts. That's yeah. what I was wondering. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, you've got six now. <laughs> I'll follow you back. <laughs> <laughs> is that is is that I don't know how I feel about that. Would you, would you, I don't know if I, like, if I would like it, if, if, like, the AIDS Foundation would be following me, I feel like <laughs> <laughs> there's, like, a, there's a connotation. <laughs> Why the name Savvy Banking? I did not find this, I did not found this company, so I do Oh, I know, yeah, I understand that you didn't find it, found the company, I'm, but I'm sure you know the, or you don't know the, why they named it. It's that, just It savvy. just is what it is. <laughs> okay. Please and do not put that in. And who did like the images and stuff like that? They have a graphic designer. They as have well. a graphic designer yeah. who's in charge of it. Okay. Yeah. So so what you you mentioned off camera that you were part of the board on the advisory side. Yes, youth advisory board. So they've set up a youth advisory board just specifically to help with reaching out to the youth in mm-hmm. Bahrain mm-hmm. Um, and help with things like with product development and things like that. So I've been working on the back end mostly. And, and before we actually launched the referral app, I don't know how much how much obviously you can talk about it, um, but I'm, I'm I'll tell you the the interesting things that's happening right now. Sure, if you can. So, um, so we've recently done a workshop, a money management workshop with our partner Visa. Mm-hmm. So that went really well. A lot of students, a lot of youth came uh, to join, um, and it's really working. And they're passing the, like the message really quickly. Like Savvy is in town, you know. We're gonna have our own debit card. We're gonna have our own place to kind of like focus with our money. So L- let me interrupt you for for a second there. I, I'm I'm trying to understand. Yes. So your target market is the youth, which I understand. Yeah. What's the age category here we're talking about? Because I don't think you can be under 18 to sign up for a bank account. No, can't. we can't. No, you can sign up for a bank account under 18. I think 14. Yeah, but with your parents. Minimum. But this one's not with okay. your parents. So this one is uh, like for 18 year olds, I assume. Mm, thir- 14? Wait, 14. let me confirm. Is it 13 or 14? 14 and above. We can put it in corrections as an asterisk below. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think 14. 14 and above. Okay, so we'll put an asterisk if, 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 it's, if it's older or younger. And it's a debit account, but why are 14-year-olds like wanting to, want to have their own banking information? It's b- it sounds send, so nerdy. To Go send on. money in, like from parents to have their money come in instead of just on their parents' bank account. Okay. Um, is really it. Um, and then to also practice saving habits and to be aware of that. Um, do most kids not have their, their own banking account? Do what? Do most kids not have their own banking account? 
think the account is mostly with their parents. Yeah, it's like a... So, yeah. yeah I think this one's just, just for them specifically. It's a product just for them. Sure. And I, um, I, I, I'm listening to you. I understand what you're saying. <laughs> I just, I'm trying to understand why, like, why a 14-year-old would not have already a bank account. Because most 14-year-olds have some sort of like like a savings, a savings account yeah. that is like, like, like attached to their parents, right? Where the parents yeah. have like the control over the account and they basically have it until they're 18 and then it transfers over to them. Yeah, so is, are you asking why? Exactly. So and what's the purpose of the product? What's the USP? Uh, well, there isn't any uh, right now in Bahrain for the youth, their own app. Sure. Okay, so that's why There's we... There's no cars for cats either, but I, <laughs> I, I don't understand. I'm, trying to, I'm really trying to understand what, what, is the, what is the point for it for the youth. Sell it to me. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> okay, so it's an app for youth to kind of manage their finances, um, but because it is for them to use specifically, there's a lot of education that goes with it too. Okay. So I think we're, we're mostly curating content um, and education uh, as well around um, money management. And that's why we did the workshops as well. But not investing. Um, we'll, get, we'll get there okay. eventually. Yeah, okay. For now it's just saving um, and things like that. Because I'd imagine there'd be like so many youths who, who <laughs> I don't know why I said it in such a weird way. <laughs> There's so many youths. There's so many youths who who um, would want to start investing in crypto and all these like like blockchains and, and cryptocurrencies and stuff like that. Yeah. So what? <laughs> so that would be something that sa savvy would would. Yes, we will tap to. we'll tap into that uh, after we this phase of what we're doing right now. Okay, and it's a U UK based company. No, it, we're based in Bahrain. The founders are from the UK. Yeah, but the founders are from the UK. Yeah. yeah. So the listing is Bahraini, though. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. 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 And it will come out with like a lot of benefits as well. Okay. So we'd have like a would like we'd have a list of partners. Um, McDonald's. And nah. Oh, any. I mean, we'll see. Like, can you go back to the website? The first, uh, the first bill I think on it is no, no. It's, it's Nike, Mom, McDonald's. Those are not real. Okay. Yeah, I know yeah. they're not real. <laughs> I understand, but yeah, yeah I mean. Yeah, but that's the, the idea of it. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, these. I, I, my mind. If you're telling me they're gonna be like rewards and stuff like that. Yes. It's gonna be associated to the brands that you're marketing to, or we're yeah. going to try to get to. Okay, that's in. I, okay, yeah, that's in BD. Yeah. Okay. And so the app is already up and running, no? Yeah, the referral for now. Mm -hmm. So when you download the app, you basically have your own code. You have your own link. Okay. Um, and you can share that and get cash. And how easy is the process of opening an account? Do I have to send my passport picture? No, nothing like that. It's very, very easy. Just just your CPR, I think. And okay. That's it. So, like okay. Like your just basic information. Okay. Because the app right now is not for setting up your debit card. Mm -hmm. It's just for the referral, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I think we'll we'll have another uh, another part of the app where we add more details to it. But it's relatively very easy, very simple. Okay. Um. And the 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 again, I'm I'm imagining that one of the key selling items would be, or that one of the would be for that you're offering like discounts for certain products using Savio as a format of payment, yes. right? Because uh, you, 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 and then you, they would have to be tied to Apple Payment, I imagine, right? 
Well, in, th in theory, <laughs> maybe in the future, yeah? Maybe. Because I, mean, I would assume most people want to, like, like, touch to pay, no? Yeah. Contactless, right? I mean, it, it is an app, and then we have the debit card as well, so it's a two-in-one thing. No, no, I understand. So I understand what you're saying. <laughs> what I'm saying is that, like, how, how many times do you pay with something with where you put your pen in? In your it's own experience. It's a scam. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I understand it. I understand it. But uh, you're saying that you're going to produce a debit card, which I understand. Yeah. Right? And it's going to be a traditional form of bank, right? Yeah. All I'm saying is that most people, I assume, are paying touch by pay, no? Yeah. That's all. And you, you, you want to connect it to your phone, no? Am I saying something crazy here? No. Yeah, like, like other bank cards exist outside of Apple Pay, right? But you'd want to make sure that eventually you're working with either Samsung, Google Pay, or Apple Pay, right? That, I mean, that's what everyone's using, no? No, but that's what I'm saying. You would not be able to automate that. You still have to pay. On your phone? I have to pay the bank. Louis? Lou, does your iPhone allow you to touch the pay? I don't know about that. I'm blown away. I thought that the only way to pay from the iPhone is to use the Apple payment thing. No, you can add it. No, it was NFC. You know what happens with my bank account? I can, you know, app, there's app, Apple Wallet. Pay. Yeah, Apple Wallet. So you just add your card to it. Yeah, exactly. And then you can just access your card. You don't need Apple Pay for this. No, I, under I understand that Apple Pay, uh, sorry. When I meant Apple Pay, I meant Apple Wallet. Yeah, then, then yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah. Oh, he's talking about a QR code, though, then. No, 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 no. Touch the pay. Touch the pay. See, if I have a bit to pay, I can just double click on my power button and I can just get my... Your my wallet. My, my wallet. Just yeah. Link to my bank account. Yeah. Right? That has nothing to do with the Apple Pay. Yeah, I, that, you know, we, we're agreeing on this so far. Yeah. Can you use a benefit besides Apple Wallet? Touch the pay? Because I'm opening the app. I didn't know that. I didn't know that you that Apple allows you that Apple allows third party banks systems that it would allow it to pay other than by QR code. Yeah. So I, it works with NFC, so any NFC I never provide. Because yeah. I, I thought that Apple still had the NFC like chip and lender lock and key. So uh, it shows you how disconnected I am to what's happening in the banking world. There we go. Okay, so where where how long do you want to work with them? How long are you planning on staying with them? We've just launched, I'm, I mean, I'm going all the way. Started from the very beginning, so this is kind of like my baby too. Mm -hmm. um, and I love what it's doing for the youth. Um, and, you know, to have our own place as well with regards to money management, things like that. To be taught also early on um, is How really did you get this opportunity anyway, anyways? How did that whole thing happen? How did I become part savvy? Yeah. They reached out to me. Okay. And I, I was obviously very interested to work with them. Um, mm -hmm. I also have, I had youth wave mean at the time. So again, youth focused. So this was great. This was a really good opportunity and I love what they were doing. And the founders are really passionate about um, uh, creating financial independence within youth. So mm. it's, it's, it's amazing. It's been amazing so far. That's, it's, it, for me, it's a fascinating industry. It's a fascinating business. Um, I'm clearly well, very uninformed by it. <laughs> Can we look at the benefits, uh, Dan? Yeah, there's says next to the FAQ. There's benefits. Yeah. 
It's, I think it's loading. I'm just interested in, in what they're advertising. Savvy allows you to keep digital track of your spending and never go abroad and stay on top of so you never go overboard and stay on top of your goals. Okay, is that a benefit? I guess. Sorry, we can cut most of the stuff no, stuff yeah. out. <laughs> I'm just I'm just fascinated. I'm just really really fascinated. Okay. Interesting. And what's the final business you work with? It's not a business, it's more of like an initiative. So it, we're called the Bidea Hub. Sure, let's hear about it. All right, so uh, we're part of the Global Shapers community, which is an initiative of the World Economic Forum. We solve uh, social issues mostly, and we're community-driven. Um, okay. And yeah, so Bidea Hub is based in Bahrain. Um, so we're, tar we're targeting mostly local issues. Uh, yeah. Can you give me like an example of what, what is a passion for you to tackle as a local issue? Right now we're actually doing a blood drive, uh, so blood donation. Um, but we're going to get into more um, how to connect, for example. Uh, is this an initiative or a drive that is that, that Budaya Hub is, is doing that is just incidentally part of your own beliefs? Or, or like we're, we're, are you not, is this not something you're too interested in, the blood drive part? Me personally, yeah. No, I'm. It's it's kind of like our own. Like we um, put this together. Sure. With our partner as well, a Rotaract Bahrain. Um, sure. And yeah, I mean, we're doing it. So. No, I. I <laughs> you're misunderstanding what I'm saying. Sorry. You're misunderstanding what I'm saying. I'm saying, yeah. give given the chance, and if Badea Hub would say, hey, you know what, we've got like whatever, like five thousand BD to do whatever initiative or drive you would like, what would you be interested in following up on in the community? Right, I think, okay, so this is kind of an initiative that we just, because we also just launched the Badea Hub, uh, and this is the first ever initiative that we're doing, and it's in partnership with, with Rotaract, who already had this in place, so it's not just, like, from, from our end to start it. Uh, we just wanted to contribute and be part of it. With regards to what my personal interests are and my contribution to the Badea Hub, uh, it's mostly, in, like, solving environmental issues and things like that. Okay. Uh, and... Uh, one of our members as well, she's an environmental scientist. Uh, she brought to the table the idea of building or kind of creating a walkable city in, in a breathable city. You know, how hot oh, is it? A breathable city, yes. okay. Okay, uh, in, in Bahrain. We need more public spaces that are easier to be in, walk in, instead of going to the malls all the time, if you okay. get what I mean. Uh, so that's one. And then we're, we plan to do beach cleanups and things like that. Uh, uh, we're doing initiatives soon to to kind of uh, recycle clothes, and and do an exchange and things like that. Okay. Uh, so yeah, those are some of the initiatives that we have in mind right now, as of now. Okay. I I, I mean, uh, I'm I'm fascinated about the idea of of creating more like walking spaces. Yeah. Mainly because our Middle Eastern communities are not very big in in walking. Yeah. So I would be fascinated in understanding how that would work since, what is it, like four months of the year, it's like plus 40 degrees outside? So I, I, I don't know how you're going to convince people. So uh, that's something we're, again, trying to figure out. We have, yeah. like, uh, some of the members are also engineers, and they, they kind of ha have an expertise in the space. Uh, I'm not an expert, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't usually touch on the subject. But um, so that's kind of one of the initiatives they're planning to do. Sure. I'm uh, not criticizing it at all. I'm just trying to understand it. That's, <laughs> that's <laughs> all. Yeah. 
Okay. So we're doing like meetups as well. We've just like th- those are our team members. Um, we have from all over Bahrain. And how often is these meetings then? Once a month? Once every two weeks? I think so far we've had I think two meetings in a month. Can we get the guy with the mustache on the show, Dan? There's only one mustache. There is. Oh. No, that's that's the mustache. <laughs> My God, that that is almost like a Mario mustache. <laughs> that is impressive. That is very impressive. He needs to be an actor. So yeah. So how often are these meetings? Uh, we we did twice a month, I think, so far because we just started. Um, I think it'll go back to once a month. Once a month, okay. Yeah. And and how do you set up the 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 how do you set up your deadlines? How do you set up your goals? So we already have kind of like a mind map of how things go because this is part of the Global Shapers community. So there are hubs everywhere, like in almost every country, and and actually in Bahrain we have two hubs. Okay. So we're the second hub. There's the Manama hub as well. If you kind of show that as well. Sure, Dan. Manama Hub. Yeah. So which which is the better hub to join? Join ours because it's new. <laughs> and we have Quite more spaces. Pitch. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you you listeners out there, um, if you are in Bahrain, join the uh, Budaya Hub, if I'm not mistaken, right? That's that's the cool one. The They're both cool. That's is the one that's new. It's the same thing, basically. Um, we're, we're just covering more issues, more uh, more initiatives. Uh, we can take on more members as well, because I think as of now, Manama Hub is full. It's been running for quite a long time in, in Bahrain, and we're new. So we're the second hub we've just launched. Okay. Mm, yeah. This is, it's basically the same idea. Okay. So why do you need two hubs, one in Badea, one in Manama? No, go for it. <laughs> um, because more youth want to be involved, and uh, we cannot have a lot of members in at once. Okay. Uh, it makes things a lot chaotic, a lot more chaotic than it is. Uh, so why don't you just make it a membership thing? It is a membership. So how much is the yearly income? Uh, how much is the yearly like membership? For Badeha, we're not doing like a fee yet. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I think Manama Hub has their own. I'm not really sure. I'm, sure. I'm not actually a part of the Manama Hub. No, I understand that you're not a part of Manama Hub. <laughs> Okay, so, um, yeah, we're not doing a membership fee right now f- for Bidet Hub. I think okay. we're planning to do that soon as okay. well, the more m- members we have. Um, the more we do, basically, since we've just launched. Uh, yeah. That's interesting. That is interesting. And so wh- what was some of the past achievements from Manama's M- Manama Shapers? Manama Hub? All right, can, can you scroll down and I... Point out a few. Okay, so, so <laughs> y- th- how long you've been working with with the hub? I have not worked with Manama Hub. No, 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 no. I mean, in general, in general, because you, you, you f- there must have been a reason why you saw the hub in, in, uh, uh, and then like, oh, I want to be part of this. Yeah, they do a lot of youth community initiatives as well, um, and like, there's a lot of conferences they go to. Uh, some of them are part of the ministry as well, and yeah, they do a lot. Like every time there's there's something to be talked about like in the community itself there's a local issue that's being faced they go ahead and help mm-hmm. um and i think that's that's what is really nice about it and and we do the same as well in Bodea hub we're doing we're just targeting more issues and involving more people okay 
Okay. Yeah, and uh, Youth Wave Meet also collaborated. <laughs> so we did we did a podcast episode with a few of their members. That's cool. Because so far what I'm seeing from Manama Cub is a lot of it is very is very oriented about environmental. Mm. Okay. We I'm still like very confused by it, but but okay. That's confusing. <laughs> I I'm 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 confused in why there needs to be two clubs. Two hubs. Two hubs. Uh, just like I said, to have more people involved, they cannot take more members. Because of lack of space, or uh, no, it's not. It's not that. So these members or these shapers, there's a limit to how many a hub can have in each country. Says who? The Global Shapers Community. Okay, so who who's can we look at the Global Shapers Community then? Because this is the branch of this branch, right? So basically, yeah, they this founded... No, the World... Uh, sorry, the World Economic... <laughs> so you understand where the confusion comes from. Good. <laughs> no, okay, so the World Economic Forum founded the Global Shapers Community. Okay. All right, and then this is basically where all of these hubs kind of branch out from all over the world, so... Okay, they they have like only ten thousand members. It's quite small. No, it's ten thousand. Yeah, go back. Yeah, or, 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 can you go back one? See, it's shapers, ten thousand. That is not correct. Well, I don't know. They're very inconsistent. They're inconsistent in, in their in their website, I guess. What can I tell you? <laughs> okay, can you can you scroll down, Danny? Slapping on a pair of VR goggles. Get me anywhere. Just get me out of here. Here, put on some VR goggles. By holding a meaningful dialogue, we are showing the world that these young people, that these young people understand, as Canada does. What? Okay, but just a very odd sentence. By holding a meaningful dialogue, we are showing the world that these young people understand. What? As Canada does. What? <laughs> that parallelism is the key in building resilient, confident nations around the world. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> okay, now it makes sense. The bottom, uh, uh, Prime Minister of Canada. Yeah, because I was wondering why they said as Canada does. <laughs> Can you keep, keep scrolling down, Danny? Okay, so this is the cheaper there. Oh God, so that was the last time it was updated in 2017. Achievement unlocked across 150 tons of... Uh, yeah.
Okay, so 2001 is the date there. So for the audience who are listening who are as confused as I am, Global Shapers is a part of the World Economic Forum, and then Manama and Jif, which one is your hub? Badea Hub. J Badea Hub is then a part of the Global Shapers. Yes. Right, okay. Yeah. Like it so feels there are hubs like all over the world. Yeah. Uh, the ones in Bahrain are the Manama Hub and the Badea Hub. And do they do different programs between the two? Sometimes we collaborate. Sometimes we have our own mm -hmm. uh, programs. So yeah, but it's basically just two different hubs, like two hubs in Bahrain under mm -hmm. the Global Shapers community. And the focus is mostly around environmental change. Yes. Uh, if you could scroll down again to the six impact areas, I could talk a little bit. What's the fourth industrial revolution? New technologies are emerging the physical and digital world in ways that create both huge promise and potential uh, peril. How <laughs> 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 very sinister. <laughs> uh, entrepreneurship is arguably the most fundamental drive for economic value created in societies. Okay. So how did the shapers approach you or did you approach shapers? Shapers approached me. So the actually the former curia uh, curator of the Manama Hub mm -hmm. uh, uh, started the Bidea Hub. So we were part of an incubation program by the Global Shapers community. And it was kind of set for us to kind of like start another hub, for example, uh, in Bahrain or to start a new hub in another country at all, like for the first time. And so we decided to do Bidea Hub. And the former curator of the Manama Hub reached out. Sorry. That's a lot. Okay, so he reached out to ask if I was willing to, you know, help out and to be part of the Badeab and create, um, to form, you know, like, to the beginning of it and to join the incubation program. And that's kind of where we took off. It was, I think, a 80-day, 60-day program. Um, and we learned a lot about how it works from the ground up. So to, to start a hub in the first place and to learn more about the Global Shapers community, what kind of impact... Uh, we're creating as well. Because I'm, like I'm asking these questions because I'm sure a lot of our audience w are, are interested either to get involved or understand the process. For, for I can imagine like somebody's like having some issues, uh, whether they, they believe like, like their neighborhood needs to, be, like, needs to be cleaned or their beaches need to be cleaned or whatever else. How would that process be? Would they, would they say, hey, you know what? I've got this like, like I'm, this, I'm this person. I'm, I'm, I'm upset that the beach is always messy or whatever, do I then contact shapers and been like, hey, you know what, I think this is a good cause? Yeah, Maybe. so I, th like, do it's you get open. what I mean? Yeah, I do. So like, obviously, because we're on like our social media as well, uh, we have like an email, we have everything already out there. Um, anybody can really, you know, contact us and tell us what's going on in the community. If they have anything to share, or they want to be part of an initiative. Usually, mm. for example, with the blood drive, we put up a link or a Google form uh, to get people to register if they're willing to uh, donate blood. And, and so people do that um, and they see the post and they reach out. Uh, so yeah, that's really it for now, like to kind of like uh, connect with us. Mm. Uh, just follow Badea Hub. Okay. Yeah. We we'll keep that a snippet. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so so the Badea Hub is okay. sorry. M the the b this is the Manama Hub, obviously. Yeah. Yes. So the Badea Hub has been up for like what a year now, six months? Yeah, it's been up for a few months, not a year. Okay, so so it's up for a few months. Okay, yeah. cool. And how's your experience so far with it? 
good, really, really good. Um, yeah. The team is amazing, um, and I'm learning a lot too. Uh, they're they're all from like different backgrounds, and again, like it's it's crazy to kind of always be par- like the youngest in the team, but it's it's a it's a really good experience at the same time. Twist it like a little bit. Okay, so yeah. so the uh, so y- you've been part of it now for what? For a few months. For a few it's months. Been a, it's been a few okay, months. Okay, so since yeah. almost since since it started then. Yeah, exactly from when it started. Of a day yeah. Okay, and do you feel like you're you're going to to somehow do like a collab on a more pers- on a more permanent basis between Kowa uh, and New Wave, or do you feel like these three adventures that you're doing should should be separated? They're separated as of now, but they can always find a way to kind of uh, join. Mm. Uh, so the Bidet Hub also focuses on gender equality. Mm. Um, and, you know, they do these kind of initiatives as well. We have a focus on that. So they, we can always, you know, collaborate uh, with Kua, for example. Uh, and Youth Wave Mina is more entrepreneurship focused. So, But we also do like social impact, social impact businesses. So um, we can also, you know, collaborate in a way. And work something out. Okay. No, I'm just wondering yeah. if, like, if you have any future ideas that, that that of doing something like that, because it seems like it's a missed opportunity to not do so. Yeah, definitely would be a missed opportunity if we didn't do that. But because we, I think these two new are new platforms, um, and we're we're kind of like forming the foundation of it. Uh, there hasn't been much to kind of collaborate on yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe for like the future, we will definitely do something like that. And from your perspective on New Wave, you mentioned that you're going to go to the UAE to Dubai. On Youth Wave, yeah. 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 Are, are you then going to then run Kuwa from the UAE, potentially? Kuwa is, is an online platform, so it can really run from anywhere else. Uh, but, I mean, if we were to talk about the headquarters, then, yeah. Um, if, um, if Youth Wave goes to UAE, then Kuwa goes to UAE as well. And, and, and what would you personally... What would you want for Youth Wave? Would you want it to in in a perfect world to be settled or headquartered he- here in Bahrain or Saudi Arabia or UAE or US or wherever? What would be the where do you think in a perfect world it would be at? Bahrain. Bahrain? Initially to get started, like to have our first space here in Bahrain mm. and then the UAE or vice versa. The UAE and then Bahrain, or Bahrain, and then the UAE. <laughs> okay. Okay, that was a confusing way of answering that question. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. So, so, okay. And so what are, what are you doing in the UAE? You, you're you're going to go take meetings for potential investors or for potential collaborators? Both. Both. Um, Both. Yeah. And to also see whether the government could support uh, such an initiative uh, and how what kind of role they can play. Uh, as well in with youth wave Mina. So you already have a five year business plan, everything is like yeah. sorted. Yeah. Okay. And what kind of initial funding you're looking for? Well, uh first I think we're looking for funding for the program. Or it's like th- we're starting off with like hackathons and things like that. So not much and then grow from there okay. into an actual program and then this is something we'll new. See. We didn't talk about hackathons so far. This is this is a whole different animal. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, like, we're starting small. I think the hackathons are a little bit more achievable right now. 
compared to uh, to designing our own innovation program. Okay. So that can that can take a lot more longer time to kind of figure out and to to uh, pick out what partners to work with as well. Uh, so yeah, we're, we'll do like in between like hackathons and continue the talks as well, uh, and then and d- then do the program. Well, why particularly hackathons? Young people like to do them. They like to compete, and they because they they usually start with an idea. Okay. And hackathons are the perfect way to get them to. W- wouldn't to be like a like a League of Legends or Fortnite competition <laughs> make more sense for the youth? Think like a hackathon is something like very like subculturally. No, I think it's working really well as well. There are a lot of other organizations that do hackathons, and okay. the ones that I think are the the most helpful are the ones that kind of like have like a mentorship side to it or um they help create like a product at the end of the day like for example if if you're using uh if if you're trying to create software or like hardware we have like a technical workshop as well on that so it all ties in together with a hackathon it would it would really do well yeah i saw Mm, not really. It's not clicking. You don't remember your guest. Do you know how many episodes? Like, <laughs> oh, of course, yes, 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 yes. Of course, of course, of course. Yes, he's a really interesting character. Yeah, he is. Hamid, yeah, he's very, very interesting. Very, it's it's a very complex business plan. Oh, is it not Muhammad Hilal? It's Muhammad Hilal. Yeah, it's Muhammad. His first name is Muhammad. No. Yeah. That's, yeah, he's, he, he, he's very interesting in that he's running with a government initiative right now to, yeah, to make gaming a mainstream thing, but his business would be in hosting the events, mm. which, which, feel, which feels like you're, you're putting the cart before the horse. Right, it, fe- mm-hmm. it, it feels more logical to me to, to, to do the events and then work with the government to, to make it more public, like open space, than vice versa. I think it's because he wants to seek more investment in e-gaming. Sure. But to get the attention from the governments in that particular area. Sure, sure. But I, I talked to him on the show because I, I was saying to him, it, to me, there's so many like, like gaming cafes here in Bahrain Mm-hmm. where you could just run competitions in those cafes yeah, where like a winner could get like one week free or six months free or a month free, Yeah. right? And then that way you could generate hype from that social media aspect and then go to the to the agency, to the government regulatory forums and being like, oh, you know what? We've done like X, Y, and Z. And this is like the, 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 the appeal of it and this is the kind of money we've been generating. This is what like people are thinking about it. I think that has more i mean it's always better when you when you're showing up with like data with, yeah yeah exactly so i don't know but so that episode wasn't out yet right i i didn't watch i didn't see that no yeah. no Wh- when is it going to be out then yeah. no uh muhammad ali no. muhammad ala sorry hilal, hilal. Uh, couple of weeks. a couple of weeks yeah okay fascinating 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 so in in and how would that work then if if you if you do, s- if you do end up 
working in the UAE? Would you, have to, would you then have the headquarters there and would you fly then back and forth between Bahrain and the UAE or would you just permanently move to the UAE then? I would permanently move. Okay. But I, I don't know why you answered it so weird. <laughs> because I'm not sure how and where it will work out first. Mm. Um, so we'll try both Bahrain and the UAE. Mm. Um, I just feel like the UAE has given more attention to Youth Wave Mina so far. Um, but I mean, Bahrain has always been great. You, you started first in the U.S.? Nope. Where was it first? I, my very first episode, I filmed it in London. Mm-hmm. And for a while, London was, for, from if you're just looking at base data, was, was the U.K. It shifted to number one, currently being uh, Bahrain. Number two is U.S. Number three is U.K. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's because you're, you're posting on social platforms that are where? Based in the U.S. Yeah. Right? So... That's that. So it's it's a difficult question. Right. Yeah. And I don't know whether Youth Wave would, would function from, from a domestic perspective or what it would do better for as a as a Western perspective. Do there you know, know isn't what I mean? yeah, but there isn't really anything here yet. So I feel like we should at least make that first move and try. Sure. Because anyway I was born here, I was like I, I I stayed most of my life here, and if I could create an opportunity for other youth here as well, it'd be good. Th- it would be a good thing. Uh, so that that's fine and dandy, but from the amount of people we have sitting in a year exact chair, year exact seat, and say these exact same words, hey, you know what? If you're Bahraini, uh, w- you don't work in Bahrain, leave Bahrain, and then come back when you're 40, and bring that information back. Uh, from from even um, even what was it Al Moayed? Kanu? No, was it Kanu? Yeah, it was Kanu. CEO said that their headquarters are here, but their business is in Saudi Arabia. So, I mean, if that's not a powerful enough statement to get people to be like, okay, maybe, <laughs> maybe it's good to come back here in, in your 40s, then I don't know. Yeah. You know what? Actually, uh, Youth Wave, Mina, most of our activity kind of like really worked well in the UAE and in Egypt as well. Bahrain, it was more of, well, not as great, not as great. Again, we we can cut most of the stuff out. It yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> yes. So there's there's no I'm need sorry to be worried. Whoever is editing. Dan is used to it. Sorry. Don't apologize. You deserve it, Dan. You've done you've done something in life to deserve this. <laughs> <laughs> But no, uh, I, I, I agree with where you're coming from. I mean, what, what does your analytics say? Yeah, it's uh, UAE, Egypt, uh, Saudi Arabia as well, and then Bahrain. And sometimes it's Bahrain second, third, mm. but not, not ever mm-hmm. the top. Well, I think it makes sense. I mean, you're working with a population that's like, what, 1.7 million, take away expats, um, mm-hmm. you're the take away the old, take away the young. What is your what is your true active potentiality in the market is about four hundred to three hundred thousand at best, mm. at best, right? And then divide that about how many of them speak English and prefer English content, you can you can almost throw away another fifty percent of that. So you're really talking about two hundred thousand people, mm. right? Yeah. And then take it, then take it, it yeah then talk about how many of them would be interested in entrepreneurship from that two hundred thousand people. You'd be lucky with ten percent, leaves you with twenty k, right? So from from a base point of numbers, I, I 
I would I would tell you run to UAE, run to Saudi Arabia. I think that has yeah. th you know have much better chances. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Final words on uh, the Bawa. When are you going to start posting content on it? I think next month. So like the this September. Okay. Yeah, we we have some fo posts ready, and mm -hmm. we'll we'll share that, and see how it goes, and yeah, pretty much. And w are you gonna try to 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 message some government bodies to get some finances in? Yeah, but we also want it to kind of relate to the United Nations Women, mm -hmm. uh, and see how we can get affiliated, because uh, that would help a lot too. You're already part of the hub, right? I mean, you're already with your yeah, the World Economic Shapers, Forum. Yeah, so that's that's also a way for us to kind of get in. So, yeah, might do that with the Global Shapers. <laughs> yeah. Makes the most sense, no? Yeah. Um, okay, and and would you would you focus more on video content? For Goa, um, I think it's a balance between video and writ like written content, written social media content. Uh, so just post as much as possible and like different types of awareness uh, to get that first reach and then do more video content because I, I don't know if it makes sense to to start with the video content just from now when we have very uh, less number of followers. I think, I mean, Dan, correct me on this, but I think you're doing video will probably get you more reach than doing a standard post and text. Yeah, on Instagram mostly, yeah. Obviously, yeah. that's what your platform you're using yeah. on is Instagram, yeah. right? I mean, there are like reels and things like that can like we can do too. And, and what would you do like reenactments of, of the story, what they're telling? Sort of like a soap opera kind of like show? Or would it just be like a typical like interview process? I think we'll start off like an interview process and then we'll do more creative types of video content as well and, and one of the members and like I thought of as well is later on in the future do a short film about uh, you know different types of uh, harassment or like sexual abuse and things like that and domestic abuse um, it's gonna be hard doing that it, it'll be hard it'll be very hard um, but you're we not gonna be able to film that in Bahrain there's no way what kind of I mean Again, yeah, we can like cut this part out, but <laughs> unless you're doing it underground, there's no way that the government regulation body will allow you to do that. No way, no way, no way. Well they didn't even, Dan, you're, with the movie you were in, they didn't even let you want to walk around with guns, no? What movie? Dan, Dan was part of a, 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 a show here, a movie in Bahrain. Oh, which one? What is it? What was it called, Danny? Oh. So I'll look it up. Where would they be able to find it? Find what? The movie. Uh, it's not going on. <laughs> <laughs> How long ago was it filmed? Uh, we were filming about two and a half. <coughs> two and a half what? Years ago. Oh. Your next question should be, what happened to it? What happened to it? <laughs> <laughs> it always makes me laugh. It always makes me laugh. I love this. I love this so much. I, I love how you put it like, oh, you know, it's just production issues. Bad weather. And what was your role in the movie? I mean, like, what, what did you... Uh, I was a production assistant. Oh, okay. I did not elaborate on my 
He set up this whole set. Wow. Good job. But yeah, so so if if he couldn't even get like to have them have fake guns on the road, there's no way in hell that the government regulated bodies will allow you to t to to talk about sex trafficking or any kind of like issues oh, not like not that. Sex trafficking, I think, but harassment definitely no way. Something something. How are we gonna get rid of the taboo if we're not gonna do anything about it and just accept it the way it is? But that's not what Bahrain wants. I can tell no, you right now. Yeah, but we can somehow work it out. Won't happen. Okay. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, like, I'll no, it's, still it's, give it a No, try. I mean, listen, I, I don't want to put you down for the sake of putting it down because Bahrain, for yeah, no. Bahrain wants to appear as safe as possible, right? Yeah. That's what Bahrain wants the international world to see it as. Yeah. Bahrain, right? I think, is like a safe place. Any, like, a country can say that it's a safe place, but there are certain things that cannot be controlled. Um, I was born and raised here and it's always been safe for me but that one for except example, those two incidents yeah so like that still happens i don't think you can choose where it happens and when it happens no matter how safe a country is i understand where you're coming from yeah but it's going to be very hard to bring that point across to a bureaucrat hmm. yeah right yeah because no. all they're gonna hear is you saying we're gonna interview a bunch of people men and women whatever who, who've been assaulted or harassed or whatever Right, and then there, he's gonna be like, okay, and that happened in Bahrain, and then he'd be like, get out. <laughs> I, I, there's no way. There's, I, I can't imagine ever. One question: Go Would ahead. it be an issue because I shared my story here? No, but Somehow. this is a so this is a social media piece, right? Yeah. Okay. You're not going out requiring filming license. You're not walking around with gears. You're not doing a reenactment. You talked about doing it as a movie. No. Yeah. Okay, uh, uh, kind that, of like, that, that's kind of like a documentary short. For your Insta for for your Instagram stories and stuff yeah. like that, that's fine. Mm. I don't think anyone's gonna gonna like stop you uh, uh, at at any stage. But to do like a short term film that requires like a government body, mm. no way, no way, no way. Can you look it up? What was the app called again? Cam, wasn't it called Cam Cam something? Cameo. If you have your phone, write, yeah, write it yeah. down. Because I'm sure they'll have some women on Cameo who've, who've, been, who've been through some traumatic experience. And so they what does it, how does it work? Normally or for you? Uh, normally. Like, how does it? So you normally pay them. Like, there's their price points, right? 15 oh, okay. BD, 140 BD. And then they'll, they'll leave you a voice note. Okay. But if you're a business, can you just pick somebody, Danny? Yeah, we're getting lost now. <coughs> I want to spend a day just going through that fucking website. <laughs> All right, anything else you'd like to bring up? Hmm, no, I think that's really it. Mm -hmm. um, thank you so much for, for giving me the opportunity to speak about uh, some of the platforms that I'm on and sharing my message as well. I mm -hmm. uh, really appreciate it. And I'm, I've... I've loved being on here, so thank you. Yeah, has it been uh, less stressful, I hope, than you envisioned it would be? Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually really introverted, kind of. I was scared if I say something wrong and give a hard time with the editing, but... Uh, <laughs> Don't worry, that's Dan's <laughs> problem. 
Thank you. <laughs> All right. So uh, how should people find you online? Uh, just mostly my Instagram. I'm on uh, Instagram, my mama sheriff, and from there you can see all of my links as well. Mm -hmm. um, I've tagged them all, and uh, I'm also on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Just search my name. Mm -hmm. I come up basically. Okay, let's try this so one more time. Give your first and last name, and then give your 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 the best way that people can find you. Yes, I'm so I'm pretty much on every social media platform. Just search up my name. <laughs> yeah. Same. <laughs> Same. First and last name. Because this yeah. is, we're going to edit this to be this in the part in the beginning, right? Okay, yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh. What? So say your first and last name. Oh, okay. And then say what's the best way people to reach out to you. Okay. So just search up my first and last name, my mushroom. <laughs> Wait, let me All right, let me that. try then. So, uh, uh, oh, uh, fuck. <laughs> oh, mom, oh, oh, mom, oh, oh, mom. No. <laughs> oh, mama. Oh, mama. Okay, so. I'll try it this way then. Uh, hi there, guys. Today we're with, we're with um, oh my Oh fuck it. <laughs> hi there, guys. So today we're with Omami. <laughs> fuck. Okay, I'm not doing this on purpose. I swear. Okay, hi there, guys. Uh, today we're with Omaima. It's a uh, pleasure meeting you, and Likewise. it's been a pleasure having you on. Oh my my. Thank and you if so people much. are looking for you and they should be able to find you through Instagram, uh, you are director, advertiser, uh, advisory board for Sav Savvy? Savvy Bank and an impact officer at Budaya Hub. Yes. Sounds good? Yeah. Thank you.